Flip side, the show covering all things that happened in gymnastics over the last week, including four SEC matchups in the NCAA that included Florida against Auburn, LSU against Kentucky, Missouri against Georgia, and rounding out with Arkansas against Alabama. Four big matchups, and including NCAA news, we're also going to be covering things that are going on with the Olympics, including SUNY Lee debuting a brand new skill never done before, and Gabby Douglas also showing us some training videos that she plans, skills that she plans to unveil this year. So let's get right into it. This week we had some big SEC matchups. The big one, first big one was LSU versus Kentucky. This was the meet everyone's talking about. You had LSU coming in here, the heavy favorites, but Kentucky was has been on the rise, but it did end with LSU winning 198.125, Kentucky 197.6. Two big numbers from these teams, but LSU just edged them out pretty significantly. But LSU, they've looked, they really struggled a little bit at the beginning of this season. There was a lot of, there's been a lot of hype about them, people thinking that they're the ones to challenge Oklahoma for the national title later on down the road. And in the first two weeks of the season, they just weren't really proving that, proving their full abilities. They have struggled a little bit, have had falls and mistakes, but this week they really sh- showed why they were the team that could potentially bid for that national title later on this season. They started off on vault. They had Kaya Johnson, the great Yurchenko double. She scored a 9-9. And then Savannah Shane here followed up with a 9-9-2-5. And uh, you also had Haley Bryant getting a near-perfect 9-9-7-5, which caused a lot of controversy because it wasn't Nine nine seven five means that one judge gave it a nine nine five, the other gave it a perfect ten. Uh, this definitely was not a perfect vault. There definitely was a slight little slide back, which definitely should have been a point five uh, deduction. But one judge thought it was perfect. That caused a bit of controversy because then uh, Ariana Patterson for Kentucky did the same vault as Haley Bryant and did it pretty close to perfect and only scored a nine nine two five. So there was definitely a little bit of home scoring advantage here for LSU in order to get them through such a high score. But nonetheless, they really showed their expertise this meet, and especially on vault. They really looked like they've been figuring out their vault situation a little bit better this week than they have in previous weeks. Lots of much significantly better landings this week uh, compared to those previous weeks. But while they were on vault, Kentucky was on uh, bars, and Rainer Worley scored a 9.975, and overall capped off a really solid bar rotation for them. And that got this meet off to a really exciting start. You know, this meet, we also had the commentating debut of Allie Raisman, which was uh, came as a surprise last week, and was really nice to see her uh, commentate. Personally, she became one of my favorite commentators in on ESPN right now and I'm really excited to see her continue to commentate later on this season and overall it was just a it was just an exciting and fun meet in the second rotation LSU went to bars and they just looked really strong 
uh, you know, Haley Bryant did cap off that rotation with a perfect 10, which was pr- probably better, one of the better, sc- more fair scores of this meet. You know, uh, there wasn't really too many mistakes in that routine, so definitely deserved that 10. They This was a rotation, though, that LSU had to kind of climb their way to get that big number. Ashley Cohen did have a fall, and that made people like Connor McLean and Savannah Shane here have to step up and make sure to hit those routines perfectly so they could drop that score from Cohen that she received on the fall. So overall, a, g- a good rotation for them, obviously. But LSU on beams really where they improved the most this week because they haven't been able to put together a clean no fall beam rotation until this week. Uh, week one, they had a fall from Connor and also a fall uh, from Anna Bird. So that was two falls there. And then they had two rough routines again in week two. So that was what was ke- really keeping their scores lower than projected. And so this was really key to them finding their footing and getting going here. Uh, they One significant thing about their beam rotation is that they reworked Connor McLean's beam routine. You know, she was trying some really difficult skills, and that was causing some problems for her. So they took her out of the lineup week two, put her back in week three, and it was definitely a good decision. She hit the routine easily. And overall, the entire lineup just went really smoothly, and there it's exactly what they needed to do. It wasn't perfect. It's def- They still need improvement, but this is key to them continuing to grow and expand later on down the season. I think they're just going to get better and better, but there is still one big weakness that this team is showing. It's definitely on beam, and it's definitely something that they need to keep working on in order to keep pushing those top teams and proving that they are the best team in the nation, which they definitely have potential to be. Um, but then they went to floor, and floors, they really looked so confident. You know, by the time they got to floor, they kind of had wrapped the meet up a little bit. Kentucky didn't have their best floor rotation, just weren't getting the scores to really rival LSU, especially in that home arena. LSU was just really getting some great numbers, and it was hard for Kentucky to keep up with them. And so when they got to floor, they had KJ Johnson scored a 9.95, Amari uh, Drayton scored a 9.9, and then Haley Bryant got a 9.95. Connor McLean made her floor debut with a 9.925, and Kaya Johnson scored a perfect 10 to end the entire competition. So they didn't have to count anything worse than a 9.9, which is huge for them, and that's one reason that they scored above 198 this week. Uh, the score that they dropped was a 9.875, which from almost every other team in the nation would easily be a counting score. So that's huge for them, and that's something that they're definitely going to continue to amplify on, and I think their floor rotation looks definitely some of the best in the nation. Connor McLean, as I mentioned, uh, this was her first floor routine of the season, and I definitely think this was the smart choice here from Jay Clark, you know, he was messing around with some of these lineup decisions, especially on floor. He had people like Livy Dunn in the lineup and had uh, Kaya Johnson in the lineup as well. And he, this week he took Livy out 
for uh, Connor, and then Amari Drayton went in for Leah Finnegan, who who's had dealing with a bit of a wrist injury. So this was two. Th- this was a lineup that they were kind of messing with. They have a lot of depth, and I definitely think that these six gymnasts that performed on floor this week are definitely the six that they're going to be wanting to use in future weeks because this just looked easily like their best floor lineup. I think the only change they're going to want to make is once Aaliyah Finnegan covers from that injury, is adding her back in. And also, Kaya Johnson got a perfect 10, and she's coming back from an injury, and she's been in floor and vault all three weeks so far. And it for for the beginning of the season, it looked like kind of a kind of a rough decision there because she had a lower leg injury. So I was thinking that maybe they should rest her a little bit and have her peak towards the end of the year. But on both four and vault, she had two of her best routines, uh, really in her entire career on those two events. And she definitely proved why she needs to be in those lineups every week. I still would like them to maybe take her out of the vault lineup one week to let some different depth and talent uh, try fall, especially since, you know, just to be careful with her legs and everything. They should maybe try to take her out, but I definitely think she proved why she needs to be in the floor lineup uh, for sure. And uh, so, yeah, so LSU wrapped with 198-125. Kentucky got 197.6. Two big scores. Both of these teams really proving that they're going to be nationals bound come the end of season, and just overall a great meet for them. Obviously, Kentucky down five-tenths to LSU, but a 197.6 is nothing for them to scoff at. It's been a score that they aren't necessarily used to achieving, so this is a big deal for them as well, and maybe their meet was a little bit overcasted by how strong LSU was, but overall it was a great meet for them too. So our next big SEC meet was Florida versus Auburn and this was interesting because Florida is a team they're coming into the season they were ranked number two and have were last year they were second at nationals but they're losing a lot of depth they're not they don't have Kayla DeCello this year they don't have Trinity Thomas this year so that kind of offered the question what are they going to do with those missing routines are they going to be able to replace those and they showed what I'm seeing with them so far uh, this season is that they're going to be a consistent team. They're not a team who's making any major mistakes to keep their scores down, but they're also just not going to be as strong as they were last year. You know, This week they scored 197.325, and that was a score that was below Arkansas, Alabama, Missouri, and LSU and Kentucky, so below a lot of their SEC opponents, which is going to be really interesting because they they opened their SEC play this week against Auburn, who is one of the weaker teams in the SEC. So they did win against them. But, you know, coming up during week four, they have Alabama, and then they're eventually going to have LSU and Missouri. And it's going to be interesting to see how they stack up against these teams because these are teams that the last two seasons – these would have been very easy wins for them. And now it's definitely teams that they're going to have to be spot on in order to uh, prove that they're still stronger and still one of the top five teams in the nation. Because really, during this meet, you know, everything was just kind of decent for them. Vault was 
decent. They had some hops on landings, but nothing like too uh, significant. And bars, you know, they're all all six of that lineup is doing a very similar routine, that Maloney pack, and then up to the up to the high bar, and they do it well. But it's just nothing that's really scoring them these huge scores. No, no tens, no nine nine fives really. Uh, you know, you did have the all round debut from Leanne Wong this week. And as usual, as we're accustomed to seeing with her, she was solid. And I really hope that they don't feel like they need to use Leanne every single week in the all-around because she is someone that is right in top contender for Paris. And it could be a little bit difficult for her to do the all-around all 16 weeks of season and then, you know, like two, three weeks later go right into the elite level and needing to be ready to peak for the Olympic trials and making that Olympic team. So I don't expect her to see her in the all-around every single week, but as we've known from Leanne Wong, she's someone who wants to compete as much as possible. She hasn't really stopped since the Olympic trials in 2021. She's been nonstop. So I could see her being in it more than we necessarily expected her to. And it's gonna, it is going to be important for Florida to have her – at her best she's really their top gymnast and she's one of the best gymnasts in the ncaa right now but besides leanne Wan, you had other gymnasts step in and show that they have potential to replace the routines they're losing from DeCello and thomas but it's just going to need some reworking throughout the season v victoria win is one of those names that comes to mind you know she made her uh season debut on vault this week and overall went really well she also did bars and floor. It wasn't as strong on floor as she typically is. She's easily uh, someone who can always go 9-9 nine, nine plus on floor, and she went 9-9 nine, nine this week, but she can go even higher. And she just had a little bit of a stumble out of her first pass. But other than that, it was a strong routine, and it's a routine that's going to continue to get better as the season goes on. One person that is helping Florida out a lot this year is freshman Anya Pilgrim. She was in the all-around this week and overall looked very solid. She's someone who's going to be able to consistently deliver these high 9.8s and low 9.9s. But the main question is when can, how well can and how often can she deliver these scores and can she even improve these scores to 9.95s and even perfect 10s is going to be the main thing that in importance for Florida. they got to get these scores up. And I think – they're still messing with their lineups a little bit. There's still people that they're trying. They've got a lot of freshmen, a lot of new people, and a lot of people, you know, recovering from injuries or upperclassmen who aren't necessarily used to being in the, in the lineup. So they really just need to get these athletes more experience. And I think through more experience can help them improve later on in the season. But really what I'm noticing is that no meet here for Florida is going to be as easy as it was in the past. Everything – is going to be questionable if they're going to come out with the win or not, maybe besides the the meet with Georgia later on in the season. But I'll be interested to see how they stock, stack up against Alabama this week. You know, they did – they had a 197.325, and Bama scored 197.5. So they are below Alabama this week, but they definitely can – improve and I think it's going to be a great meet against those two teams both of them are just really 
closely aligned, and I'm excited to see how both those teams shape up. But also against Florida this week, we had Auburn, and they're one of the teams that it's so difficult to be in the SEC right now because everybody is just so strong. And surprisingly, I out of the eight teams in the SEC, they're probably seventh or eighth best, but yet they're scoring over 197 consistently. And they're they're losing Suni Lee this year. They're losing Darion Goburn this year. So similar to Florida, they've got some new freshmen and uh, upperclassmen who are going to be more in the limelight than they're maybe used to being. But nonetheless, they are showing that they're stronger than they were than when they ended the season last year. You know, after Suni Lee had that injury at the end of last season, it was really hard for them to kind of get going again. They really struggled through regionals in the in most of the postseason. You know, they didn't even come close to qualifying to nationals, and this was a team that was in the top four in nationals in 2022. So hopefully they still got that big Auburn fan uh, behind them, and I definitely think they have the potential to grow, but this is just going to be kind of a growing year for them. They're going to need to mess with these lineups. I don't see them really factoring in too much when it comes to the postseason or when it comes to qualifying to nationals, but they're, they could be. They could definitely grow within the season. It's just not something that's going to be easy for them. They're going to have to be pretty much perfect, and, you know, th- it's possible, but they have to hit these routines. They're kind of struggling to make it through every rotation without a mistake. You know, they had a mistake on bars, and obviously they're able to drop some of those scores, but it's always nice to hit six for six across every event. But overall, other highlights of this, of the Florida versus Auburn meet, Landwan did go 39.625 in the all-around, and to me, it wasn't even really close to her best performance either. She had kind of a uh, step on the her vault and also a really weird opening tumbling pass just kind of like scooted out of it on floor. So there's definitely places where she can improve and be even better than she was this week, and I'm interested to see how she handles training for Paris and the NCAA since we know those timelines pretty much ov- overlap a little bit. So – Right now, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to talk about the other two SEC meets that happened this week. Dangerous room in the house. A lot of kids are seriously burned by scalding hot water in bathtubs. Small kids should never, ever take a bath without a grown-up watching them closely. First of all, run cold water into the tub. Then add hot water to warm it up. Kids always want to play with the faucets, and hot water on their tender skins can scald. Hot water can burn in less than three seconds. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at thatsnotcool.com. Thatsnotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
we cover everything happening in gymnastics over the last week. Just got finished wrapping up two SEC meets, Auburn versus Florida and LSU against Kentucky. And now we're going to talk about another SEC meet, Georgia versus Missouri. This was a, a really interesting meet because Georgia's kind of been in this spot where they've been scoring very middle-of-the-road scores, while Missouri's kind of been all over the place. You know, week one, Missouri, they went above 197, and then week two, they were all the way down to about 196.4. So it was interesting to see how these two teams align against each other. And it ended up, uh, they both ended up having really strong meets and really impressive in proving that they're stronger than some of these other teams in the SEC. But especially from Missouri, they went 197.4 compared to Georgia's 197.050. And it was just a, a much better performance from Missouri than it any anything they did against Alabama. Everything was improved especially their bar rotation is something that they really struggled with against Bama to get, you know, those landings down. They just weren't sticking any, it weren't sticking enough landings. I actually talked to coach Shannon Welker and he said during week one, they stuck about 50% of landings and then week two, they only got 33%. So it was definitely big for them to make significant improvements and they improved their total score by nearly a point. And just overall, I just hope this is the way Missouri stays for the rest of the season because when they are on like this, they're proving that they're going to be right in it to upset some other teams making it to nationals. And they're going to be right in it to possibly upset some teams during the SEC championships as well. They can they scored higher than Florida this week, which is something they didn't even really come close to in the last couple of seasons. You know, they scored higher than Florida and was about a tenth and a half behind Bama and Arkansas and was obviously above Georgia as well as Auburn. So this is this is big for them, you know. On bars, uh Mar Titar Sole scored a nine nine seven five, so close to being perfect. I think if she does that, if she does a very similar routine this week in the Hearn Center, she's gonna get that ten. You know, I just think it was a bit of a way scoring getting to her and them not really wanting to award her that 10. But she changed the routine a little bit. She was doing the Maloney to the pack full, but now she took uh, she took the pack full out and is just doing a regular pack. And overall, it was a good decision. Uh, Coach Welker said that, you know, they wanted to mess with having some harder routines in the repertoire, but or sorry, excuse me. They wanted to mess with having some harder routines, but overall it just wasn't right scoring-wise. They need they needed to prioritize what was stronger for them and those th what's stronger for them is the slightly easier routines and I'm really glad they made those decisions because it's going to work out much better for in the long run and you're going to see Mara get back to consistently scoring over 99 over 995 and eventually getting that 10 just like she did when she was at LIU. So that was big for her. But then overall, the rest of the bar rotation was really, really strong. You know, you had Colin Patrick. It's got a 9.85. And they just really showed just right out the gate that this was going to be a different meet than we saw against Bama. And they were determined to prove that. And that's exactly what they did. But while uh, Missouri was on bars, Georgia opened on vault. And 
it, this was the first meet this season that they were actually able to put up six vaulters. Uh, you know, they were able to put in Jeffrey Scott to put in a Yurchenko full. And it was a it was a good vault rotation. Obviously, not as strong as they're going to hope to be come the end of the season. But it was a pretty strong rotation, and it was a good way for them to open their meet. And it's good for them to finally be able to put up six vaulters instead of five like they were putting up first two weeks. But the real story for Georgia came on bars because freshman Lily Smith just has really brought Georgia to the limelight a little bit more. She's going to be key to them consistently getting these higher scores compared to what they were used to scoring last year. I mean, she got a, she scored a perfect 10 on bars, and in my opinion, she's someone looking down the line who's going to potentially be the, the national champion on uneven bars because she's just so consistent with her routine. And if it's not a 10, then it's a 9.975 or a 9.95. You know, she doesn't really score below 9.9, so it's going to be hard to, to catch her, I think, once it comes to NCAAs. Uh, but she looked great, and she also looked great on beam and floor as well, scoring 995 on beam and 9925 on floor. And she's she's really strong for Georgia. This is this is kind of Georgia's key this year is getting Lily Smith can keeping her strong, you know, is the first 10 on bars in for Georgia in 31 years. So this they look better this year than they have in previous years and I'm excited to see them uh, you know, continue to grow and get better as the season goes on. But while uh, Georgia was on bars, you had Missouri on vault. And, again, they just looked much better o- on this rotation than they did uh, than they did against Alabama. Both Amari Celestine and Jocelyn Moore did their Yurchenko one-and-a-halves. And we know when they're sticking their landings, it's going to be close to 10. And both of them just had – really small hops and uh Celestine went nine nine and then Jocelyn Moore uh went nine nine five and I think they're just saving their sticks for LSU this week because they both look like they're just getting stronger and stronger with these vaults as the season goes on and I think once they get in the environment at home it's gonna be much better it's gonna be much better landing wise and they're going to be getting close to 10. And I was really excited to see them both go, go, both have such strong vaults this week because it was really uh, crucial for them to get their scores back up because they were both struggling a little bit with finding their landings on vault. Uh, you know, someone who did struggle a little bit on vault for Mizzou was Hannah Horton. She kind of under-rotated and had to step back and went out of bounds. And, you know, that was okay because the rest of the vault rotation was really, really strong. And they were able to uh, drop her score and thus not really make such a big deal for them and still improve their vault score compared to the Alabama score. But this week we saw Mizzou put up three 10.0 vaults, and Coach Welker said that he wants to try to get in a fourth 10.0 start value vault this week. And if not this week, definitely the week after and that's going to be uh that's going to advance this vault lineup even more than it has been already this season. It's definitely one of their big Missouri's biggest improvements so far this year and it's exciting to see because it's something that they struggled a little bit with l- last year and now they're back to having s- a strong vault rotation and that's key to them getting in these high scores but 
Another thing that uh, they've looked consistently strong on, you know, we talked about how they kind of just been an up and down team this year, but on floor, they've always, they've been very strong all three meets so far this year, especially freshman Kennedy Baker uh, got in the lineup against Alabama and they stayed in the lineup this week, scored a 9-9, which was huge for her in her debut. It's the only event she's doing, but I definitely think she's going to be a mainstay in this floor lineup from now on because I don't know how you can take her out of this lineup with her consistently getting nine nines on floor. It's just a big deal. And then you had Jocelyn Moore, also someone who's gone over nine nine on floor all three times this season. That's exactly what she did again this year. And it was it was great for them. Their floor is becoming one of their best events and they're proving that they're one of the best floor teams in the nation right now. And that's also a big improvement from last year. It's not, it wasn't necessarily their weakest event last year, but it was definitely not their strongest. And I think it's definitely becoming their strongest. And I'm really excited to see them continue to look good on floor. And I think they can do just as well with it this week as they're going to be back at home. And as we know, home scoring can always be beneficial to teams and just a home environment is always key to a success. To key to success for a team and so and they're going to be back home this weekend against LSU and overall I think they're going to be able to get even higher than 197.4 because one thing that they are still struggling with is the beam rotation you know beam this week was kind of up and down it has a lot of highlights Amari Celestine and just her third collegiate beam routine ever scored a 9925 and then Sienna Schreiber is get, getting just so close to finally getting a 10. Scored a 9.975. Just like I said with Mara earlier, if Sienna replicates this routine on Friday, I think she's easily going to be scoring a perfect 10. It's just looks so strong and looks like she's just really close to getting the number she needs. But overall, they got a 49.4 on beam. Great score, but still just had some routines that were just a little shaky. And I think they need to be able to put together that just perfect beam rotation. And that's going to be uh, key to them putting together kind of a perfect meet. This is definitely one of the best meets in recent history, though, for Mizzou. A 197.4 is just a huge score for them. And I think with, with some adjustments on bars and beam in particular, and even a little bit on vault, they could score 197.6. They could score 197.7. Uh, but you know we'll get to their we'll get to kind of a preview of them against LSU because in a little bit because I do think it's going to be a little bit closer between LSU and Missouri than some may think. But before we do that, let's finish recapping the last SEC meet that took place this weekend, and that was a really exciting to meet exciting meet against Arkansas and Alabama. Both of these teams are just significantly on the rise this year and it's so exciting to see because all of the sec just looks way stronger than they have uh, in recent years and arkansas and alabama were two teams that were kind of on the cusp last year but both just for some reason couldn't really put it together last year in all three meets so far this season or um, excuse me just two meets for arkansas but every time both these teams have gone out it's just been easy for them they look strong even through mistakes, their scoring 
really high scores. They actually this meet actually ended in a tie, one ninety seven point five two five, which is a big score for both of these teams. And uh, you know, it's something head coach for Arkansas, Jordan Weaver, has been kind of wanting to happen in the last few years. She hasn't been able to put it together, but I definitely think this Arkansas program as a whole is gonna be uh it's going to be stronger than they ever have been. They're actually hosting a regional this year, which regionals is how you qualify to nationals. So they're going to definitely be, in my opinion, making it to nationals this year if they continue looking how they look. It's When you're a team as strong as Arkansas, it's hard to not make it out of your home regionals. And they just keep getting better and better. They're scoring high scores. Their floor looks like one of the best floor floor teams in the nation. And it's going to be hard to deny them of anything other than uh, strong scores for for that rotation. And they're also getting it together on vault as well, scoring, having multiple 10.0 vault and overall just really finding their ways uh, this year. But like, but they were against Alabama and this meet kind of came, kind of came close at the end, I think, in my opinion, Arkansas should have ended this meet with the win. Somehow it ended with a tie. I think that was only due to the fact that Alabama was at home. But despite them, uh, despite it ending in a tie and despite Arkansas looking a bit stronger than Bama, Bama still looks really, really strong because uh, they're going out there, they're hitting their routines consistently, and they're improving every time they compete this year and that's huge for them and it's huge for them compared to last season because they j- were scoring you know kind of low 197 almost all of last season and now they're getting in that mid 197 range which may not sound like a big difference but it is a huge difference in college gymnastics so just those few little tents you can add to your score and a lot of that has to do with uh you know Luisa Blanco who has qualified to the Olympics for Columbia and is here for Alabama competing every weekend. And she only competed two events uh, this week, but Alabama was still able to end with such a huge number. Once they get her back in the all-around, they're going to be having really, really strong scores. And I think pushing that 197.7 range, maybe getting even closer to the uh, – 197.9 and 198, which is going to be huge for them going into the, the later part of the season. But speaking of Arkansas, let's go to the rankings for this week, which Arkansas is ranked way higher than some would have projected them uh, coming in to the season. Number one, as usual, you have Oklahoma. And then number two, you have California. Three is LSU. They made a big jump this week. Arkansas is number four. Utah sitting solidly in number five. And then you have Alabama, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, and Michigan rounding out your top ten. And that's really exciting to see so many uh, eight, six out of the eight SEC teams in the top ten in the rankings uh, already this season. But we talked about Oklahoma. They've been sitting pretty at number one this entire season. And that's 
where they're going to continue to be as long as they look as strong as they did this week. You know, they had a quad meet in Denver. Also in that quad meet was UCLA. And both of these teams, both UCLA and Oklahoma, both qualified to nationals last year. And Oklahoma continued to, sh to prove why they qualified to nationals and thus won nationals because they go out there, they're consistent. If somebody makes a mistake, they're able to cover it up with a different routine. And I just really don't see anybody being able to surpass them this year. There's just not much more to say about Oklahoma. They just look strong. And unfortunately, on the flip side of that, you have UCLA looking significantly a little just not as strong as they were last year. They t This week, they only scored 196.550, which is just way down to the scores they were getting uh, last year. And it's con it's just concerning a little bit because UCLA is personally one of my favorite teams to watch. And yeah, they are missing Olympian Jordan Childs this, this year because she's opted to defer in order to train for Paris. But that's just one person, and it's one very significant person. But they have Marzetta Frazier, who took a sixth year. They still have Selena Harris. They still have Jay Campbell. And, you know, they went to bars this they went to bars and beam this week and just looked really rough. They took two falls on bars, which is just not like them. It's never been historically their strongest event, but it's not like UCLA to take two falls on bars. And it's something I hope they can improve upon. This is a team that started the season with three quad meets. And in my opinion, I just don't like the quad meets. They're really hard to follow. It's too much going on with four teams competing all at the same time. And it's just not as, as fun of an environment as it typically is. And finally, UCLA is done with the quad meets until the postseason because in week four, they're going to be up against Washington at home. And I think this is their moment to prove that th these first three meets were just flukes and that they're getting their falls and mistakes out of the way, and they're going to be proving that they're a Nationals-bound team, that they're a team that can be in the top ten in the nation. You know, they're up against Washington this week at home. It's going to be a good environment for them. I'm excited to see how they do back at home and back in a dual-meet setting because it's just, it's just a, a different kind of environment when competing in a dual-meet other than a quad-meet. You know, especially at home, they get to do go – through the events in Olympic order. And I think we could see close to a point improvement on UCLA's total score than they got this week. They only were 196.5. They could easily push 197.5. You know, they had to count a fall this week, and a, a fall's half a tenth or half a point. So that's 0.5 you add back to their score right there uh, if they can go through the meet cleanly. And it's definitely something they can easily do, and I hope to see it from them because they're one of the best teams in the nation, and they just need to keep proving why they are so strong. But that was the college gymnastics uh, week this week. It's going to be another exciting weekend. The m One of the m two meets that I'm very excited to see is Alabama against Florida. I talked about it a little bit. Two teams that historically w would not be uh, – this closely matched, but this week they're coming in, and I think it's going to be a close meet. If I had to predict, I think it is going to end with Florida on top just because it is a home meet for Florida, but they haven't 
Florida hasn't been outscoring Alabama at all this season. So it could easily end with Alabama on top, and it'd be really interesting to see that because that would be a really big shift in the power dynamics between these SEC teams. And then directly following Florida-Alabama is Missouri versus LSU, which a lot a lot of people coming in probably saying, oh, well, LSU outscored Mizzou by nearly seven-tenths if you compare their two scores uh, last weekend. But LSU also was a team that came into the season scoring two very low 197s, one, 197s and Missouri has pr- proven that they can score a mid-197. So if LSU forms the exact same way they did in week three, yeah, it's going to be nearly impossible for Mizzou to catch them. But if LSU is making some mistakes, struggling a little bit on beam like they have in the past, it will be closer than some people think. And I'll be really interested to see how that all plays out. It's definitely going to be a fun meet to uh, watch, and I'm actually going to be covering it. So I'm very excited for that. And overall, it's going to be another great weekend of college gymnastics. But before we go, we're going to talk about Paris Olympics coming up and everything happening and covering the reigning the reigning Olympic all-around champion as well as the 2012 Olympic all-around champion. But we'll get to all of that right after this break. Uh-oh, young Tommy is smoking a cigarette, creating his own smog cloud. <coughs> Tommy's up to bat. Tommy smokes because he thinks it makes him look grown up. But watch what smoking does for him. <coughs> that coughing is one thing. It keeps him from playing his best. You're out! Don't smoke. It doesn't make you grown up. It makes you a loser. If you think superheroes like me can fight all your battles for you, think again. Voting for your local, state, and federal representative lets you choose who's on your side in all the issues we face today. From the little ones to the really big ones, too. But before you can vote, you need to register. So do it now. For registration forms or information on how to register, visit your local participating video store. Have a voice in your future. Register. And vote. <laughs> and Tom Spider-Man sent you. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at that's not cool.com. That's not cool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. everything that happened 
in the college gymnastics season this week. But now let's wrap it up. Let's shift our eyes to elite gymnastics and everything going on with the upcoming Paris Olympics. I wanted to talk about two of the three Olympic all-around champions who will be trying to make this Olympic team. Uh, this is going to be history this year because you're going to have three Olympic all-around champions trying to make the team Simone Biles, Suni Lee, and Gabby Douglas. And this this week we saw uh, we saw Gabby Douglas and Suni Lee both show some very interesting training videos, uh, including uh, Suni Lee debuted a brand new skill. And if Suni was to do this skill at an international event such as the Olympics or a world championships or any of those events, it would actually be called the Lee. So the skill is it's a full twisting layout Jaeger and it could have a huge difficulty rating. Of course, we don't know what the what the rating will be until she actually submits it and competes it, but it could just be massive for her and really add a lot of difficulty to her bar routine. But we also saw Gabby Douglas show some training videos this week, and uh, she also showed some bar skills. She showed, showed a piked Jaeger, which is a skill she never even competed in her previous parts of her career. And I'm really fascinated by this because both of these two gymnasts have very similar capabilities. They both have won Olympic gold in the all-around, but there's a big possibility that there's not enough room on this team for both of them to make it to the Olympics. So I wanted to kind of talk about both of their poss both of their chances to make the team and what they need to do to have a team filled with all three Olympic champ Olympic all-around champions. So Suni and Gabby, both their strengths are on bars and beam, clearly. But where Suni overtakes Gabby a little bit is that she's just a little bit stronger than her on beam. Of course, we haven't seen Gabby compete since the 2016 Olympics, so we don't know what kind of skills she's training, what kind of difficulty she's going to have. So she could come out here and be a completely different gymnast than what we're used to seeing. But if Suni really does compete this brand new skill she's shown on bars, it's going to be nearly impossible for Gabby to catch her difficulty-wise. So the way I... I see it is that you're going to have Simone Biles making this team pretty handedly. And then I think you're going to have uh, Sky Blakely, who's going to be a pretty strong candidate for the team as well. And I also think Shilise Jones, it's going to be hard to leave her off the team. Then that leaves a spot for someone who's strong on bars and beam, and then someone who's strong on vault and floor. And... Unfortunately for Suni and Gabby, they would both fill that kind of bars and beam specialist role. That's historically both been their strongest events. And if you want, if there wants to be a team with all three Olympic champions, they need to be able. One of them needs to show that they're stronger on vault or floor than Sky Blakely is. I think that's how you get all three of them on the team. Is potentially sacrificing Sky, but it's going to be hard because it's we still don't really know what to expect from Suni or Gabby. We know Suni has struggled with health problems over the last year with her kidney issues, and we hope she's back to full health, but we don't necessarily know fully what kind of health she has at and what kind of 
routines she's training. And then, of course, Gabby, we haven't seen compete in seven years or close to eight years, actually. So we don't, ev we don't know if sh what kind of shape she's in either. So it could really go either way. It could go a way that where the, all both of them make the team. It could go the way that neither of them make the team. But nonetheless, I, at this moment, I'm expecting Gabby Douglas and Suni Lee to be each other's biggest opponents to make this Olympic team. They just have too many similarities in their gymnastics. They're both strong on bars and beam, but both weaker on vault and floor. And it's gonna it's just gonna come down to who's stronger on all around. Who historically Suni has had the stronger floor. She's medaled at Worlds on floor in 2019. But then in 2021 she was a little bit weaker on floor. She couldn't really produce the same scores that she was getting in 2019. And kind of s same with Gabby, you know, at one point in her career, she was one of the best vaulters in the world. But then come Rio, vault was just not her strongest event anymore. We've always seen her struggle a little bit on floor, but then really prove that she's amazing on bars and beam. And it's just interesting to have two, two both of these gymnasts be so similar and both of them making these huge comebacks to the sport that... Not, nobody really would have expected, especially from Gabby Douglas. I mean, nobody would have expected her to come back after being stepping away from the sport for so long. But it's going to be exciting to see how they, if it's true that they're going to be their each other's biggest opponents, or if there is room for both of them on the team. Because as I mentioned, someone like Sky Blakely is just looking a little bit stronger than Suni and Gabby are, considering that she is a great vaulter and has a much harder vault than Suni or Gabby. At least I expect them to compete. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting and intriguing to see what both of them bring, uh, to, to their routines and to their difficulty. And it could be revealed very soon. We know Gabby Douglas is going to have a interview coming out shortly. And that's probably going to reveal a lot of the things she's training and working on and, potential routine construction and we also have the elite seasons getting started uh, fairly quickly the first major event is going to happen at the end of february and it's there's a strong possibility that neither of them show up because in order to make the olympic team you don't really need to be ready to go until may but there's also a chance that they both want to get out there and kind of get the rust off because it has been a minute since they both have competed elite gymnastics you know, Suni did compete last year, but she was only doing watered-down routines on vault and beam. And so she's planning to bring all of her typical difficulty back. It's I think it's going to be crucial for her to get out there and uh, show at least bars and beam maybe at Winter Cup. And same with Gabby. I'd like to see at least two events from her, too. And that will help shape out a little bit better who is going to be upping each other and if it's true that they're going to be each other's biggest opponents but that'll be unfolded soon for now that was the show today that was the flip side thank you for listening on kcou 88.1.fm